room. Someone to love me. Yes, ladies and gents. And you know who needs to love you the most? Is you. What you put in your body matters. And if that's important to you, then this show is for you. Here we go. Let's get this one started. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss! All right, ladies and gents, who do we got on the show today? Let's start off with the intro. What you eat matters. I know, fast food is convenient, candy is delicious, and soda tingles your tongue, but all those things are doing damage to your body. What if you could transform your yard into a food-creating system, a place where you could grow your own natural fruits and veggies? Changing your diet not only helps you get fit or lose weight, it gives you clarity of thought and energy to take on the day, and most importantly, a healthier lifestyle. I can't wait to learn from today's guest who's converted a 700 square foot yard into a food forest with over 40 food and medicine producers. So let's welcome to the show from foodforestabundance.com, founder and chief storyteller, Jim Gale. All right, Jim, welcome to the program, man. <laughs> that is one heck of an in, in, uh, intro, brother. So what I'm going to frame for this show today, for your audience today, is the solution to all of the world's biggest problems. Mm. And I know some of you are going, what is he talking about? We have the solution. No, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, said Victor Hugo, and that is an idea whose time has come. When we simply transform our yards or half of our yards, you know, there's 44 million acres of lawn in the United States alone. When half of that becomes edible, regenerative landscapes, and I'm talking about landscapes that are less maintenance or can be less maintenance than the American lawn, where you've got food growing everywhere. This will reverse mass extinction. It'll reverse deforestation, heart disease, cancer, diabetes. It will end hunger and it will end tyranny. This one simple shift. Jim, there's a lot to unpack in what you're doing because everything from, I don't have green thumbs, man. Like how, how am I supposed to grow my food? Anytime I get flowers for the white, they just die, man. How am I supposed to grow fruit? Dude, this is so amazing because that's the brainwashing. So back 50 years ago, Henry Kissinger said, if you want to control people, control food. This isn't just the ramblings of some random guy. This is the guy who has met with every U.S. president, right? So what we, that's the problem. The problem is our food systems are poisoned and centralized. When we take the poisons out and we use edible landscapes instead of simply ornamental landscapes, it's literally as much maintenance as your current landscape. It will provide food though. And that's the biggest difference we could ever imagine. I love how you have freedom written across the bottom, right? So for food forest abundance equals freedom. Cause at the end of the day, look right now we're going through a major inflationary period. So 
everything starting with the gas that you put in your tank to the food that you buy in the store is going up in in cost like it's just so expensive for a lot of people to go out and buy food it's cheap to buy the fast food but it's more expensive to buy the things that are actually nutritious how much in my little backyard how much food can I actually grow? How much of it? How much of it can I eat? It's like, will it sustain me a whole year? Like, I don't understand. I have, you know, maybe not as big a yeah. backyard or not as big a space. How much of a difference will it make in my budget or in my life? So much stuff to unpack there. There are people who, on a quarter acre, produce all of the food that their family needs to survive, actually to thrive. Right. And that is by using perennial edible landscapes. Now, a lot of people think about gardening and farming as hard work. Now, gardening done right is an actual time creator because it brings you joy and the value of what you're creating. Not only will it be valuable in financial terms, but it will improve the quality of your life massively. Now, annuals take a little bit of effort right? 15 minutes every other day for a standard size garden, you know, and you could get, you could get more into that. Some people just go out in their garden because they want to be there and they'll putz (laughs) around like for an hour or two a day. So that's an annual garden, a perennial food forest, fruit trees and berry bushes and grapevines on, on uh, all of the fences. Perennials actually keep coming back year after year after year. So how much maintenance is a fruit tree? Well, it's the same maintenance as a birch tree or an oak tree. or a, It's no maintenance. It'll just keep providing food for generations. I love uh, tangerines. They're one of the greatest things. When COVID first hit, we have a tangerine. We had a tangerine tree in our backyard. When COVID first hit, I spent like literally every morning a few minutes just going off, picking out a tangerine, chomping it down looking at the tree grabbing another one some of the best stuff that you can grab growing up my my grandparents had avocado trees loquat trees lemon trees and we'd spend hours just chilling in the tree like a monkey right but in la man in la it wasn't even like i grew up in the in the in the country or nothing it was just la our backyards that is fantastic and do you know that the government especially in california has subsidized the removal of a lot of those trees, Mm. which is insane. So right here, I just got done eating avocados. I no longer throw away my seeds. If you go to the store and buy avocados, keep your seeds, throw them in a compost pile, and pretty soon you're going to have avocado trees. Hmm. Let me ask you about that. Let's talk about some of this this stuff because – I know, and I've seen this around, some of the fruit that you get in the store, the seeds don't bear, they don't grow. Like they're genetically enhanced so that they provide the fruit the one time and then you can't reproduce it going forward. Is that like a form of control? Is that real or is that something that I just, you know, hear on a TikTok and it's supposedly real because it's on the internet? So you said genetically enhanced because that's the words we're programmed to say. They're genetically destroyed. These Mm. Plants, these GMOs that do not have the ability to produce seeds for next year's crop are a tool of enslavement to the max. And so it's just not natural. It's never done that way in nature. I go out, I went and just got an, uh, a guava today, off a couple of guavas off the guava tree. I've got, by the way, 200 different species of edible and medicinal plant already growing on my property. Um, that, that 40 was like a year ago. 
it's just exploding with life. And so where was I going with that? The, uh, oh, the guava. Inside the guava are like 100 seeds. Every one of those seeds becomes new abundance for society, right? But they're taking the seeds out. Seeds are the seeds of life, and they're taking them out. Why? Okay, other than control, like, I mean, when you're at home and, and I'm when you say, you know, we have hundreds of different things growing, medical plants that are growing in my backyard, in my mind, I envision this acreage of land that you have. How big is your backyard? Well, so the... 700 footer was simply a place where we wanted to get started. So we picked this place in the cattle pasture. We put cardboard down. We put good soil on it. We started putting all the plants in the ground. Then we mulched it, which is really important. That was 700 feet in a circle, right? So smaller than the footprint of by far most houses, much smaller. And it had 40 or 45 different types of food growing there. So much so that we, and we did zero maintenance for two years, except for one thing. We had to cut a trail around the middle of the inside of it because it was just coming with food everywhere. Mm, that, but that's a beautiful thing, right? When you go outside. I remember growing up, um, my dad, my dad definitely loves to plant his gardens, right? And so, and we moved a lot as kids. We were, we were broke Mexicans growing up. So every once in a while, we were moving from place to place. But no matter what, no matter what place we moved into, we went into the backyard, we dug it all up, we made some rows, and there goes my dad planting his watermelon, his squash, his corn, all that stuff. Man, uh, I learned my way around the backyard, right? But for a lot of people, this isn't something that they want to go out and start. Is there a way for them to, you know, digging those trenches and do, you know, flipping the dirt, doing all that sounds like a lot of work. Is there a way for somebody to start a lot with a lot less work up front? So that's exactly what I'm sharing. What you're talking about is annual gardening. What I'm sharing is when we design a food forest, it's designed with perennials and annuals. The perennials take almost zero maintenance. So literally you plant them correctly. You make sure that they get water in times of drought, especially at the beginning, because that's when they're the most fragile. And then you just let them go and they just keep growing and growing and growing, creating more and more abundance every year with very, very little effort. Where I live now. So in the last house I lived at, we had these little, uh, wooden boxes that we made we put dirt in there we grew our we grew some like bell peppers and chilies and stuff like that right it was awesome now i moved over a new place and i'm like i got a great view i'm on the top of the hill it's candy and everything we started to grow some stuff and those damn chipmunks dude those little squirrels and stuff everything came and ate it which we didn't we kind of got discouraged and we're like forget this we're not going to do this what do you do if you have animals that are coming into your place and starting to eat up your stuff before you can even flourish they're getting fed but you're not (laughs) So that's why diversity is so important. So like I said, I've got a food forest going on 52 acres. We're doing the whole thing in food forest. Um, And we've got deer and every kind of animal. There's bear, there's cats, like everything you can imagine, pigs. And we've got 200 different types of food growing. The animals will come in and they'll pick on a couple types of food, but they won't pick on all of them. And then if they do, if the animals outgrow their ability to manage an area, then here's what normally happens. An apex predator will come in and balance everything out. Mm-hmm. Apex predators, you probably heard the story of the wolves 
that changed the flow of rivers in the um, big national national forest. Uh, Am- no, no, no. Um, Tell me that story, Chief Storyteller. How does that go? Oh, dude, this is amazing. And this is on uh, on Netflix, I believe. The wolves that changed the course of the rivers. Because when they took out the wolves um, in the big part, Yellowstone, when they took out the wolves, all of the herbivores just went nuts because there was nothing to create balance. Mm-hmm. So they introduced wolves again. Maybe this is about 20 years ago. The wolves then started creating balance again because the herbivores were eating all of the vegetation. The riverbanks were falling in. Everything was becoming a mess until the wolves came back. Right. So in some systems, we're living in an eight, you know, if you're living in an HOA, you gotta be the apex predator. Maybe that just means you get a house cat, or maybe you get a dog and you train your dog to bark at the at the squirrels, which is pretty easy to do. Or you get a BB gun and you start eating squirrels, right? There's a lot of different ways you can do it. And all of them follow natural processes and principles. So become the apex predator. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. Okay. So let's talk about your, your website, foodforestabundance.com. If somebody's listening right now and they're like, okay, this is something I'm interested in. I definitely want to be more organic. I want to have my own food. I don't know what the heck they're putting in the stuff over there. I know I want to be as fresh as possible. How does somebody get started? So everything starts with design. Design is the really the IP. It's It takes years of kind of focus and attention to become a designer because you become passionate about how does design freedom into the fabric of reality for real. It's amazing. So anyway, um, we have 43 designers on our team that when somebody says, I want a food forest, we hook them up with one of the designers. The design meets with them and does a custom kind of analysis of all of their goals. And then the designer shares what's possible. And that's when people's minds explode. Like, you know, I've got a buddy in northern Minnesota who lives on a, a few acres and he's designed this food forest starting about six, seven years ago. He now has so much food growing. He's got 300 different types of edible plants in his food forest in northern Minnesota. So if anybody thinks they can't do it, that's where the design process opens the mind. And for those of you listening, there's a lot of snow in northern Minnesota. So I'm in San Diego. We got the opposite problem. We don't have a lot of water. We got desert and, uh, uh, you know, hilly terrains. So is is that something that we can – We it, okay, so in different areas, different plants tend to grow, right? So is it also geographical in, in the type of plants that you can have in your forest? It's, it's So it is definitely geographical. It's based on the hardiness zones. If anybody wants to check them out, you can go and, and – Um, So put in agricultural hardiness zones and you'll get a map and then there's microclimates. So you might be in the same mile stretch, but one property might be at 2000 feet in on the north side. The other one might be at 1000 feet on the south side. And now you're going to have a completely different climate. So all of those things are figured into the permaculture design process. So what is it what does it cost to get somebody out here to take a look at my yard to kind of go through the design and and get it actually going so that that I have fruit growing. So what's the what's the cost involved and how long until I got food, man? Uh, yes. So a custom food forest blueprint, which is like a blueprint for a house except for it's all about exactly what plant goes where, the layer of soils and all the different facets of a food forest. 
and it costs 997 bucks for the design, the custom design. And then it's a very, it's a 43 page document with all the details. So at that point, if you want to DIY it, you can absolutely do that. It gives you all the, the layers. And then if you don't want to do that, you can hire one of the food forest cooperatives or a local gardener and they can install the whole thing. Now, um, I was watching this show the other day uh, on, I, f I forgot what streaming network, but it, it, there's a scene where the girl climbs out her window and she uses this garden that she has like on her shelf, right? And has different plants that are growing out of her window. She waters one, it waters all the plants all the way down the chute. The and, and in my mind, when you're designing your garden, we're really accounting for space. Is it, do I have space like that where things are growing in layers or is it all on the ground? So when you say layers, what I think you're kind of talking about is like a hydroponics system. It looked um, like it, yeah. Vertical gardens, they're awesome. A lot of people have those. I've had them, I like them. What I like the best is in the ground, it's in the soil, or at least it starts in the soil. So you might have a fence, for instance. We've got 3,000 foot of fence here where we're building our off-grid community. And there's a, a new plant, a vining plant every eight feet grapes and passion fruit and dragon fruit and we've got about 13 different types of those plants right now and that we'll be able to get a thousand bottles of wine off that fence within three years a thousand bottles of wine that's impressive that's impressive Crazy. or you can eat the grapes just saying ladies and gents you can eat the grapes as well uh all right well let's talk about the types of plants right so um, when, when we're talking about food that's edible, food that is for medicine, uh, I mean, well, plants that are for medicine, what types of plants are we talking about that, like, how do you split it proportionally between food that are plants that you can eat and food that you use for medicine in your gardens? So that's a great question. A lot of people have not realized what Hippocrates said, let thy food be thy medicine, let thy medicine be thy food. So this idea of medicine is kind of a new phenomenon and it's for profit and control of society, dis-ease and disease. So when you simply eat good foods, foods that are grown organically without poisons and you eat them consciously, then you never need medicine. Like that literally is your medicine. Um, I went out today and I picked a salad. I put it on video and I have sweet potato leaves, moringa leaves, longevity spinach, Okinawa spinach, cranberry hibiscus, and perennial peanut flowers on top. It's yellow and red and purple and green. It's just epic salad. And it's Sounds delicious. healthier than the salad you get at the store. And it was free. It was based on my perennial food forest. But let's talk about the cost for maintenance, right? Like um, you, you kind of mentioned at the beginning, there's like 15 minutes of time every other day. Let's talk about the actual commitment. What am I looking at as far as the the work that I have to put in if it's a DIY and the cost that's that's associated with it on a regular basis? I love it. So the 15 minutes that I was referring to refers to the annual garden bed every other day. On a perennial garden bed, you won't ever have to work in it. You'll simply want to go stand there because it raises the vibration, the value of the land and everything around it. It brings in the birds and the butterflies and the bees and the vibration and the sounds and the smells and the tastes. So you'll literally just want to stand there and observe. And then if you notice something happening, like maybe you'll notice a leaf curling or yellowing or drying or something bending or something, you'll actually go, wait a minute. 
that doesn't look right. And then you take a picture of it, you put it on one of our sites or one of many sites and say, what's happening here? And you'll get a bunch of answers and solutions. And it becomes just an, a most incredible process. The, the plants are the best teachers, actually. My mom uh, runs a food bank up in LA and she feeds you know 400 families a week and produce is one of those things that is definitely a must have. And sometimes the food bank places have great uh, produce that they're able to bring in. Sometimes there's not as much, but the church that they do it from has a lot of green grass and it's just doing nothing. Have you reached out to organizations like that, schools, churches, places that have these large lawns that they can utilize for themselves or in their communities? I'm reaching out to everybody. If the church put a fraction of its energy, its value, its net worth into creating the Garden of Eden everywhere, it would be done overnight. I reached out to the military. Their, their intended ethic is to secure the country that they're with, right? Our military is supposed to secure the USA. The best way to secure the USA is to put the bullets, exchange the bullets for seeds and the shovels for guns and start planting food everywhere, right? That would be the number one way. I reached out to Warren Buffett, who's uh, supposedly giving his money to Billy Gates, right? And we know what Billy Gates does with that money. So I said, Warren Buffett, you're going to give away $97 billion? You know what you could do with that? You could put $97,001 million permaculture education centers around the world. That would change. That would leave the legacy uh, uh, to the max. That would literally be creating freedom for our whole world if he used that resource wisely. It's funny that you talk about freedom because there's so many feelings of freedom that are being hindered today. Like I teach a class called Financial Algebra and we talk about financial freedom, giving yourself the time to choose what you want to do. We, you know, literally I put uh, solar in my house. I want to be off the grid, right? I don't want to have to deal with, you know, somebody's turning off my power at any given time. And now you're talking about the freedom of food, like not having to worry where your next meal comes from. I mean, these are all that, you know, hierarchy of needs. I mean, we're taking care of those basic necessities at this point. So we don't have to think about the other stuff. How much of your life now feels like a weight has been lifted as you not only have your own sustainable gardens, but you've helped so many people have their own. I can clearly see the path to freedom for humanity. We launched 15 months ago with three people. Now we're in about 15 countries, almost every U.S. state. We are inspiring and empowering people to grow food. And I've never been more excited, more inspired in my life. We have it. We have Freedom Farm Academies coming out very soon, which are basically permaculture nurseries and demonstration sites all over the world. We are inspiring wealthy people to take their money out of the banks, which are very corrupt, and put their money, their fiat, into food that creates a radical abundance and return on investment on every level. And we've got TV shows. The producer of The Crocodile Hunter called me up, and we're now, we've done our first TV show, and we've got a, a series coming out, and another one called The Solution. It's literally going global in a minute. 
Who is ideal for this? I mean, obviously you'd want everybody to grow their own food, but there's a certain type of personality that's gonna take this on and kind of give it that first try, right? Those early adopters. So yeah. who's your who's your ideal client? Who are you targeting right now? Anybody who's awake, anybody who's passionate about life, anybody who's smart enough to see the insanity of using poisons on our land. It's absolutely ridiculously toxic to our world, right? Because the poisons don't just kill what they're supposed to kill. They kill the whole microbiome. A microbiome where you take a handful of soil and there's like more life in that soil than there are people on this planet. There's thousands of seeds in that soil and that poison is killing all of it. If you look on one of those signs, it says toxic. Don't let your kids or your dogs hang out here. That's poisonous. So anybody who's smart enough to see and wants to be part of an exciting, wonderful solution that benefits everybody, that's who we want to talk with. Kids are always uh, attracted to gardens and trees. They love those things, right? If a, if a family is like, you know what, I don't know if I can do the whole garden, but I want to pick a couple trees to have in my yard. Uh, what are some of those recommendations that you have that they should, these are the go-to, these are the easiest to, to plant, to grow, that will bear fruit in a good amount of time? Yes, uh, mulberries. Now, most people don't even know about mulberries because they don't store well. So like you can pick a raspberry or a cherry or these, you can put it in a place, you know, in a plastic container and you could ship it for a few days and you still got a week to eat it. Mulberries go bad usually in three or four days. So, and, and mulberries can go in zones all the way up from Minnesota to Costa Rica. So that's a really good one. Uh, from there, I love the raspberries and the blueberries and the blackberries and the apples and bananas and peaches and pears and plums and avocados. It's really endless. There's actually hundreds of thousands of different edible plants. And we only know, uh, humanity only knows of a fraction of them now. All right, I'm gonna get a little gross, ladies and gents, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, I, I'm, I have this habit in the morning, I make myself a fruit salad, blueberries, strawberries, bananas, uh, you know, granola, raisins, that sort of stuff. Uh, drizzle it with honey, and that's, that's my lunch. And uh, the gross part for you guys is, when I have to go number two, it is so smooth, it is so easy. But when I go and indulge and I go have an In-N-Out double-double or I go and have some other stuff that probably is not so good been processed, it's a different experience. And I'm telling you from my own personal experience, the clean eating stuff makes a huge difference difference in your life. And I'm not saying I'm perfect because I don't do it every single day. Monday through Friday is usually where I'm pretty good. And then on the weekends, I eat that processed stuff. I like some candy every once in a while. I'm not saying don't do it. But it makes such a big difference in your life. Jim, how much of a habit has it become for, for you now that you have access to these other foods, to the clean eating? How much easier is it for you to just say, you know what? That snicker bar looks good, but that apple or that nectarine or that pear or whatever looks a lot better. Uh, so I used to eat horrible. <laughs> I, I would eat Taco Bell in college four days a week i don't believe you soft tacos all the way man <laughs> i know i can't even believe i won the national champ as a wrestler because i ate so bad but and i could feel it at times and then since then every year the more i learn so one thing i don't ever do is poisons we don't we don't do poisons unless we go out to eat 
because you can't help it. Mm -hmm. There's so much stuff there that is not growing or organically or naturally. You know, the other last night they brought pizza. We got done. We played tennis. And then afterwards they brought pizza and I had a couple pieces of pizza. Oh my God. I didn't sleep as well as I normally do. It was like a bomb in my gut, like a rock. So I'm getting better all the time. Well, here's the other side, right? Like I love to eat food and me, we get along really well, but if I'm eating a ton of pizza, it's not going to do a good job for me. How, you know, when you eat fruit and you eat vegetables, is there really a limit to how much you can eat? Yes. And here's the magic. And I've done these studies. So if you take a Dorito and a, you know, some piece of fruit, you can have one or two of those fruits and your body says, I'm good. <laughs> when you have a Dorito, they have chemists there that their only job is to get you addicted so you never stop eating. They play with the combinations of salts and sugars in a toxic way, by the way. And the, all of these plants are growing with poisons. So they'll play with it so you literally become addicted. When you eat something natural, you know when to stop. You feel when to stop. When you eat something that's poisonous, you're not supposed to feel when to stop. Isn't that wicked? Oh, it's totally trippy. And and it, 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 they don't even hide it from you. I think it was Pringles that said, bet you can't have just one. Like they're not even hiding it from you. They're telling you that they're going to put it in front of you. You're going to eat one and then you're going to eat the whole bag, man. You're just going to down the whole thing. 900, 1,000 calories in the bag of chips. Whew, empty calories, dude. Not good for you whatsoever. Jim, it's been one heck of an episode, man. You've made me hungry in a good way. Before we head out, one more time, let people know uh, how they can get a hold of you, how they can get more information on you, and any final thoughts. All right. So, folks, let's be part of the solution. This is the most amazing time in the history of our world to be alive and to be able to be conscious and direct the future in a way that benefits everybody. Voluntarism is the key to a happy and free society. So if you'd like to be part of this in any way, then get a hold of us at foodforestabundance.com and we'd love to chat with you. Boom, there it is, ladies and gents. Look, it takes a little bit of effort. Developing a habit, a new habit, is not always the easiest thing to do. But once you have it in place, once you set your standard that this is the only the stuff that I'm gonna eat, I'm not gonna go back to doing the bad stuff, then you become better as an individual. And if you need help getting started, maybe you don't have a green thumb, you've never put together a garden, but it's something that you definitely wanna check out. Go to foodforestabundance.com, foodforestabundance.com, or follow them on social, at foodforestabundance, and check it out. You never know, this might be the thing that just sets you apart. It's your peaceful 15 minutes a day that you can go outside, or that tree that provides that shade, or that nectarine, or tangerine that you just, Put in your mouth is so juicy, so good. You'll understand it right there. Foodforestabundance.com, foodforestabundance.com. Jim, I got one more question for you. Uh, when we do our show, I promised you at the beginning I was going to have high energy. We're going to talk about your product and service in the best light possible. What was your experience like on the Business Bros? Dude, it was freaking amazing. Like your energy. I love the interactions and the energy. I'm all about energy, right? Tessa said, if you want to find the secrets to the universe, feel in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And you gave me a, a really good feeling. Boom, there it is, ladies and gents. If you need help creating some fun content, make sure you guys check us out, businessbros.biz. Help you get started with your podcast or post on your social media every day. Creating content is the way that you stay in front of your 
potential customers by creating messages that are bringing value and showing them cool ways to do things. Just like Jim is telling you how to eat healthy, how to find your own organic stuff and feed your family for free. Just go to foodforestabundance.com. Jim, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Ladies and gents, enjoy your weekend. Happy Friday. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcasts like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started.